1: Thank you that you're already here with us. You're for us. Thank you, God, that you're here to speak. And we're here to listen and to respond. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've already done. You've already healed. You've already mended. You've already restored. You've already begun to speak. And you're not done yet. So we thank you, God. We, we, We reach out for your word. We reach out for your miracles. We reach out for your power. We reach out. Come on, somebody lift up. Extend a hand. Reach out. Come on. Who's here to reach out? was here to be like the woman who was who stricken with uh, incurable uh, disease, uh, bleeding that wouldn't stop? And she just said, I got to reach out. I need a touch. And the reach is what drew the power. So, God, we reach out to your word today. We reach out to your truth today. Fill us with your power. Stir us in faith. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. amen. High five a few people and grab a seat. Come on. Also, holding it down from the north with me uh, is my buddy Paul Smith right here on the front row. Good friend. Golfer. What'd you say? Pablo here okay it's Pablo and uh man what a thanks for making the journey down with me I every time I drive down I'm reminded how amazing every one of you are when you have to drive up to conferences so uh I apologize if I've ever complained and that that was wrong and I need to confess that sin uh but because uh, I, think, I think it was a solid hour and 15 from my house, which is about 20 minutes south of my other campus. So if you guys are ever driving up to San Marcos, you're legends. And that's why I know a lot of you guys get hotels. OK, so it's all making sense now. But uh, can we thank the worship team and production teams? I'm excited to get into this word. I got a a word that I feel like is the end season for our church and for our family right now. And uh, and we'll just see what the Holy Spirit does. We'll see, uh, we'll pray and and minister as as the Lord uh, would like to. And uh, so I'm gonna start in Genesis 8, verse 22. And a, a few, let's see, maybe about a month ago, I was encouraging our church family up north around giving. And this thought came out, uh, you guys can cruise. You're golden. Thanks, man. I was like, we're either going to send this or not. So, I was like, you guys are awesome. Thanks for everything. You guys are amazing. Um, I can this thought came from the Holy Spirit, said the seed is certain. It was talking about giving. The seed is certain, right? The, the planting of a seed, the harvest is certain. But then God began to kind of expound on that. And obviously it's around giving, but there is a broader context. In Genesis 8, it says this, as long as the earth endures, seed time, someone say seed time, and harvest, someone say harvest. It says, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. It will never cease, right? So God established something at the very foundation of of the universe, Uh, the laws of nature are this, that when you give, it's going to come back, right? When there's a sowing, there's going to be a reaping. There's going to be a seed time, and there's going to be a harvest, Sometimes people get frustrated because they forget that there is a seed time. Everyone wants to harvest. Come on, somebody, I want to get that harvest. But come on, have you engaged with the seed time? Have you invested? Have you sown? Have you brought that? Have you put the seed in the ground, right? But here's the truth, though. Beyond that, the, the umbrella truth here is that there is a principle that will never cease, and that is, there is going to be a time for planting, and there will be a coming harvest because of that seed. So we can have confidence in that. We can be stirred by that. And if you've ever got the enemy to get you doubting that there's going to be a harvest coming, you've got to go back to this very beginning and go, come on, as long as the earth remains, there is going to be seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night will never cease so it's going to work. The seed is certain. The seed is secure. Come on, how many think uh, Kevin, right? Peter. That's what I said. Peter. How many think uh, Peter? is a legend. That was an amazing testimony. And the presence of God. I also thought like um, when Pastor Natalie was starting to introduce you, I was like, wow, she's really talking me up. I feel, I'm feeling very special right now. And it wasn't for me. Okay. Someday, if I could get that intro, that'll be the goal. That'll be the goal. That's the, you set the gold standard, Peter. Um, but there's a the principle that will never fade. Now, now here's here's what uh, Luke chapter eighteen or uh, chapter eight says. Jesus is telling a parable about a sower who's casting seed and planting and sowing seed. And as he tells the parable, which many of us have maybe heard, he then is explaining it to the disciples about what is the seed. What does this mean? Jesus, give us some insight. And Jesus says, "Hey, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God." Right. The seed is the word of God. God likens his word to a seed that's going to be planted, a seed that's going to produce. And in Matthew 24, verse 35, it says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, right? So there is a certainty in the seed of God's word that you can count on that you can rely on, that you can put your faith in, that you can trust in. God's word is like a seed, and it will produce. It's certain. It's certain. It's not maybe. It's not I hope God's word works. It is certain, and it has been proved for thousands and thousands of years that God's word will produce a harvest when it's planted. The seed of God's word is certain. Someone say amen. Amen. I love uh, Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. Maybe you've heard some elements of this uh, passage of Scripture. It kind of goes in line with what we're talking about. It says this, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is, some would say so is, come on, so is my word, he says, that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what i desire and achieve the purpose for which i sent it man that'll get you fired up if this was old school we might even do a lap you know what i mean i grew up i grew up in minnesota not quite that level of charismatic but close you know what i mean and uh No shofars though, Uh, but man, what a promise, what a a scripture, what a a covenant with us. God is saying, listen, my word is certain. My word works. When it goes out, it's going to produce. When it goes out, it's going to produce what I intended it to do. It's not going to come back empty. It's not going to fall short. It's not going to fall flat. God's word is something I can grab onto. Actually, it's the only thing that is unbelievably and undeniably and eternally certain. It's his word. We, we know that much of the world that we live in right now is in utter chaos. Why? Because it has rejected the word. It is rejected truth, and therefore it's blind, it's chaotic, it's uncertain. It doesn't know which way is up and which way is down, and that foundation has eroded in the culture that we live in because we've said, listen, I don't want to have truth. I don't want to be confronted with it. I'm going to reject the Word of God, and because of that, and without realizing it, rejecting the Word of God has actually rejected their own foundation, their own stability. I would say not on purpose. I would say unknowingly, they bought the lie of, this, uh, of Satan in the garden. Hey, just eat the apple, and man, that's when you're really going to know. Man, hey, just, just take this. I know God said don't, but trust me, instead of God's word, trust my word, take the fruit, and it will open your eyes. You're going to be enlightened. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. And isn't that still the lie? Hey, reject what God said. Did God even really say that? Come on, that's not even really God's truth. And grab onto the, the, the lie of the enemy, and man, then you're gonna be, your eyes are gonna be open, and I, actually, the opposite happens. Confusion, and brokenness, and pain, and dysfunction. There's really a lot of simple answers to the very complex realities of our world today, and it is that we return to the sure foundation of God's word. That may sound oversimple, but it's actually the most simple and easy answer to the chaos of the world that we live in. The the answer is come back to the truth. Come back to his word. Come back to life. Come back to truth, right? And I love God's word. Um, Yeah, it's it's my favorite thing uh, to consume. I, I love... Podcasts and other books and, and, you know, courses. And I love to keep learning and growing. But at the end of the day, if I read nothing else, the most important thing is that I consume more of this, right? More of God's word. When, I, when, when, when all else fails, this doesn't, right? When all else is blind and uncertain, this isn't, right? And so I got to keep coming back to God's word, engaging with it. Uh, I remember my my grandpa, who's now with, with Jesus, he was telling me one time, he's kind of an old school preacher, and he was the guy who had a three by five note card with like one scripture at the top, half a thought, and he could preach for three hours. And... uh and so he was telling me one time, he said, hey, you know that Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, is all different ways of describing how much the God's word is powerful, how much uh, the psalmist loved the word of God, how transformational it is. Like, for example, Psalm 119, I don't have the verses up here because I'm just going to bounce around at random. But the first verse, or actually, um, verse three, it says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to your law. So when you read it, it'll talk about God's word in all kinds of forms, laws, precepts, promises, principles, right? Um, Blessed are they who keep his statutes, right? And seek him with all their heart. Jumping over to verse nine, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, right? Uh, Verse 16, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I love that principle. I love that statement, right? Um, Verse 41, may your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Right? Then I will answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Uh, verse 57, you are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. Verse 65, do good to your servant according to your word. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe your commands. I love it. You can just literally keep going. Uh, verse, um, oh, that's chapter 21, also good chapter. Um <laughs> Uh, verse 105, right? This is one a lot of us would know. Your word is a lamp to my feet a light to my path. Uh, back in verse 97, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Uh, verse 129, your statues are wonderful, therefore I obey them. And I love this. The unfolding of your word gives light. Gives light. The seed of God's word is certain, and it's the most powerful thing that God invites us into. He has given us his word. He has given us his truth. The Bible says that Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt among us, right? If you're wondering, man, how do do I hear from God? He's already spoken to us. If you're wondering, man, I just wish God would say something right now. He has, and he is, right? His word, the Bible says, is living and active. And you would know that if you've been a Christian for a while and you read the Bible all the time, like I, I've been reading it. I love one year reading plans. I read the whole Bible in a year. I've been doing that for about 15 years and I love it. I love consuming God's word. I grew up with watching my dad read the Bible every morning and I wake up and sometimes he was half asleep on the couch. Shout out to George Stuth. Uh but he, he was passionate about the word of God, loved the word of God, showcased that to us, right? And, and so I learned to, to lean into God's word. I learned to, to trust it. And, and every single day when I read the Bible and every year when I read it through again, I don't get to the stories and go like, man, I already heard this. Get something fresh, God. <laughs> you ever read the Bible over and over again? And every time you read it, like, man, are you sure this was in there last year? My gosh. Pastor Yerger must have done a quick edit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's something brand new in this book. No, No, why? Because it's living. It's different. I love writing. I'm a writer, but my words are different from these words. This is a unique book. This is beyond just literature or history or just a collection of good sayings or good quotes. This isn't ASAP's fables. This is the word of God, living active and transforming, right? I can put my trust in it. I can put my confidence in God's word. And that's why I want to go to it every day. You know, um, a lot of times maybe you hear preachers or pastors or your friends say, hey, man, you got to read the Bible every day. And then it sounds like, oh, man, another religious obligation I suck at. Now I feel guilty and I've missed my Bible reading plan and, you know, uh, maybe you, maybe you see Bobbering plan like a diet, you know what I'm saying? You're like, uh, you know, I'll restart next year. It's fine, you know, we'll do a redo. Maybe at the beginning of the month, you know what? Midway through, I already blew the plan. Let's just restart next month. Who's the restarters? You know what I'm saying? The start over crew when it comes to like your health and fitness plans. I I'm I may well I don't know if I ever start them, but let's be honest, you can tell that. So I'm wearing a baggy coat, okay? Um. But the, I'm not really a restart. I'm just like, just keep going. I'm a keep going guy. Like, hey, you know, we'll get them next time. We'll get them tomorrow, you know. Uh, you know, I know I ate that many donuts, but you know what? There's always tomorrow. Let's get back on track. I don't have to restart at the end of the month. But sometimes we have this default where we're like, oh, man, I blew it. I'm going to restart. But don't treat God's word like that. Why? Because reading your Bible every day is not a religious obligation to try to appease God. I read the Bible every day because it's alive, because it's fresh bread, and I need my spirit to be filled, right? That's why I'm going to read it every day. Uh, When we get to heaven, there's only one question on the exam. I don't have to even have this whole thing memorized. It's just, who's your savior? It's Jesus. All right, let's go. Entrance uh, granted. Your name's in the book. We got you. So I don't have to worry about, I'm not memorizing the Bible because I got to like pass some sort of like thousand question entrance exam into heaven. I'm reading it because not so that God loves me, but so I can know how much he loves me, right? And what his plan is for me, what he's trying to say to me. And you know, the Old Testament gives us an incredible parallel and example for us in this in that, you know, remember when God was delivering his people out of Egypt and into the promised land, there was a season where God supernaturally brought them what what was called manna, right? This heavenly bread that they had never experienced before. And every morning they wake up and they go collect bread for the day. Well, one of the things that God told Moses to tell the people, say, listen, don't collect more than today's bread. But, of course, some of them did. And then God said, hey, if you try to collect more than one day, there's going to be maggots in it the next day. And sure enough, there was. What was God trying to teach them? Hey, listen, I want you to come to me every day. I got something fresh for you today. And I got something fresh for you tomorrow. Right? So don't don't try to collect it all. And sometimes as Christians, we treat church a little bit like that. Like Sunday and Wednesday is like, okay, on Sunday, I got to collect enough bread for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday until Wednesday night. And then Wednesday, I'm going to collect some bread for Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is tonight's bread. Guess what? Oven's hot. Tomorrow's got fresh bread. Tomorrow's got some fresh bread for you. Come on, don't. Don't try to hoard all tonight's bread thinking this is for tomorrow too. It's for tonight. But God wants to speak to you tomorrow and the next day and the next day because he's a good father because he wants a relationship with us. He's not a mechanical being out there that's looking for you to check spiritual boxes Throw all that out the window. Just come to Jesus in passion and relationship and reality, and he's going to talk to you every day. If you want to, he wants to. He's going to spend time with you all the time. Don't be like, well, how much time should I spend? Imagine if you asked your wife that question. (laughs) Hey, babe, I know I'm supposed to spend time with you, but like, how much? (laughs) If you ask that question, make sure you sign up for a marriage getaway (laughs) because you're going to need it. You're going to need it big time. You're not in a good spot right now. Don't be asking questions like that. Right? Uh, My wife, you know the five love languages? Um, I love that because those are funny because uh, everybody knows if you've been married for five minutes, your wife has all of them. and uh, and, So don't try to get her to pick one because she's not going to. Because it's a fake book for women. For women, it's just all. They're acts of service, quality time, physical touch sometimes, and then uh, words of affirmation, <laughs> gifts, and they'll chuck in some other ones for fun, right? That aren't even in the book. You're like, those aren't in the book. They're like, I don't care. I'm making them up. I'm adding them in. For guys, it's pretty simple. It's usually just words of affirmation and physical touch. If you're a girl, all you got to do is read those two in the book, You pretty much got every guy figured out. You know what I mean? Actually, I've combined them physical time and quality touch for guys. So I'm writing a new marriage book. It's called The Two Love Languages for Men. It's it's not that complicated. It's not that, yeah, see, again, a witness from the men out here. They're like, I like this guy finally yeah don't get too wild because the drive home is going to be cold if you're not careful okay (laughs) whenever the preacher starts leaning into some of these topics it's dicey you got to navigate it you know what I mean you kind of look at your wife and go like yeah I don't know what he's talking about you know it's just like for me I'm more emotionally connected uh (laughs) all right that was his bonus material that was just fun okay So, if the seed uh, is the word of God, right, if God's word is a seed, then and then how do we plant that in our life? What does that look like? And I'll just share a few things and then and then we'll pray here. So it, and I, I don't do points a lot, honestly. I'm usually like a like my whole message is just kind of one thought. And uh, but we're feeling wild. And so I got four of them. Okay, so uh what would you do with the seed of God's word? Number one, you gotta plow the ground. So if if I'm gonna plant a seed, I've gotta make sure the ground can receive the seed, right? I gotta stir it up because sometimes to receive what God has said, I have to make sure I bust up old mindsets. Maybe they're from secular culture. Maybe they're from unhealthy religious cultures. But either way, sometimes we've been cemented in our mindsets or our heart or our our ideologies. And for us to really receive what God says, I've got to break up the ground to be available to receive from God. Now, here's the thing. You might be like, well, I would break up the ground, but all my ideas are right. Okay, well, that's one way to think, you know, um, but, but here's the truth though, uh, be, because at the end of the day, wh- whether I've believed something for a decade or two decades, doesn't matter. What I want is what God says is true. So if there's any thought in me, if there's any belief system in me, if there's any idea that I have currently right now that is not in alignment with God's word, then I want to be able to break up the ground of my heart to be able to receive his truth and reject the lie that maybe I've accepted. So I always want to stay in a posture of learning and receiving. Say, God, whatever you want to speak to me today, I'm ready to learn. And when it hits me in in a certain way, and I'm like, ooh, well, I don't really like that because I prefer this, that's where I just got to make a decision that I'm going to go with what God says, right? At the end of the day, I want his truth. I want his way. And I'm not going to just, you know, well, you know what? This preacher on TV I heard says this. Well, what does God say, though? You know what I mean? Well, this social media weird TikTok dude who calls himself a priest, but he's like non-binary and, and weird and, you know. But, but he says that the Bible actually doesn't say what we've thought it said for 2,000 years. If I were you, I'd, I'd stick with the Bible. If I were you, I'd stick with the truth, and I would stick with what God has consistently revealed to his people for thousands of years. Here's what I always say. If you come up with something that nobody's ever thought of before, there's probably a reason. In the sense that if you read the Bible and you go like, man, I got this fresh revelation, nobody's ever preached it. Yeah, that's probably because it's heresy, okay? Right? Because guaranteed, for the most part, God has revealed everything to people for thousands of years. So always check a brand new thought that you've never heard of before by wisdom and counsel and God's revealed truth, right, to his people so we don't get ourselves crazy, right, and off track somewhere. So I want to plow the ground so the seed can go in, right? The seed is going to produce, but it's got to get planted. I've got to get God's word in me. That's why he you know, talks about hiding God's word, which is the second point, is to plant. So i got to plow up the ground, but now i got to plant. I read it earlier, but Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David said, man, i got to get it in me. i got to get God's word in me. i got to get the truth in me. I've got to hide it. I've got to memorize it. I've got to embrace what God has said, and I want, I want to put it in my life. I don't want to just be you know, putting every other thought, right? We're all hit by thousands of messages every day, all the social, all the shows, all the TV, the radio, the whatever, whatever media we're consuming, we're getting all of these messages potentially planted, but I want to make sure I am consistently, intentionally planting God's word. I want his truth in my life every day, like we talked about. I want to go to God's word every day. I'm going to hold on to it. The Bible also says, um, obviously we have his, his, God's written word to us, right? but then also the Holy Spirit will then reveal and God will, it's called like a Rama word, right? Where God quickens or God inspires or enlightens something in his word to you in a fresh, unique way. And, you, and there's a prophetic word released and God speaks something. And when that happens, then you can grab onto it and you hold onto God's word. That's a part of planting. Planting isn't just a passive. Sometimes it's grabbing onto God's word and white knuckle that thing, Right? Because the enemy is gonna constantly attempt, the enemy is gonna constantly attempt to get you to stop believing what God has said. He started it right from the beginning in the garden, he's still doing the same thing. Did God really say? It's still the question. It's still what he's gonna to try to get you and me to do. So you sometimes maybe you've been at an altar and someone's released a prophetic word. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is God, my, wow, what a confirmation. Well, then months go by and weeks go by and you're like, oh man, I don't even, was that even true? Was that even real, right? So I gotta get it planted. I gotta let God's word live on the inside of me, right? All right, here's uh, number three. I gotta pour. So these are all P words. Pretty impressed, okay? Plow, plant, pour. Okay, what am I gonna pour on the sea? I'm gonna pour water on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the, the water of, I'm going to water God's word with faith. I'm going to water God's word in worship. I'm going to water God's word with obedience, right? And as I water it, I'm pouring fresh water on it. I'm not neglecting God's word like like the psalmist says. I'm not neglecting it. I'm pouring fresh water. I'm, I'm going to continue to go to it. Wherever God has planted something on the inside of you, I want you to keep watering what God has planted, right? Keep watering it. You know, one of the things that's great about our church is that when someone gets a prophetic word, usually there's like 10 people busting out the cameras and recording, right? And everybody's texting everybody, right? Before you know it, you you know, you got, you know, 15 angles of all three of your chins. You know what I'm saying? You're like, wow, thank you for that word. And also, because somebody helped me with my fitness. You know what I'm saying? like, but you know what's easy to do is go, oh, that's great, thank you. And then you forget it. And you don't hold on to that word that God gave you. But if we're gonna if we're gonna pour kind of that that fertilizer, I gotta keep I gotta keep pouring water on it. When you plant a seed, you're gonna pour water where the seed was planted. But the the key is that we we uh, we keep pouring water on it. We keep investing into what God has given us, and we don't quit on it. And the last thing is to persevere, to persevere in it you know uh if, if you've ever had a kid who had like a little sign project where they get the little styrofoam cup and they got the dirt and they put the seat in it and they are gonna go home and put it on the windowsill or whatever the deal is um or if you're homeschool you're already at home and you just can put it on your windowsill i was homeschool growing up uh all the way all, all the way through uh till i went to college my last years of high school I'm a big fan of of Christian, godly, biblically-based education. And I know so many of us in this room are, but I'm a big fan. Have you thought, like, man, all homeschoolers are weird? Well, I guess that's for you to judge right now about me, but I can't confirm or deny that. But anyways, (laughs) Uh, I always love when people... Like back in the day, now, homeschool's cool now. Uh, It wasn't when I was a kid. And it was just like, always like, when are you going to go to real school? And I was just like, when am I going to punch you? Uh, But anyways, (laughs) we got to persevere in the word of God that's been planted. And too many times we dig up the seed before it has the ability to produce. So that little science project in the windowsill because you planted it, and as a kid especially, you're like, the next day, you're like, what's wrong? Nothing's happening. You know what I mean? I don't see any plant. I don't see any leaves coming up. Man, something must be broken. And they usually try to tell your kid, it's fine. It's going to come. Just chill out, calm down. And then pretty soon, both you and your kid are getting nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now you're like, man, maybe they didn't actually put a seed in here. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever done that to like dig in there to make sure there's actually a seed? And then of course you find it, you're like, shoot, now I got to start over, right? Because I've like broken the process, you know? But a lot of times we we abort the process that God has us. We we prematurely uh, rip up the seed because we've lost confidence. We've doubted that God planted it. There's been times where I know God spoke to me and then you're like, man, I know the seed's in the ground, but because I can't see it, I start doubting. I start doubting, is it really working? Is it? Is it gonna produce, right? I mean, but, but here's what I have to remember. The seed is certain. If God said it, He's going to do it. If the word's been planted, it will produce. Keep watering it. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Come on, keep in obedience. Keep pouring out. Keep pouring out. And that will produce. It will release the thing that God designed it for. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish that for which I sent it, God says. So I got to stay in that. I can't uproot the seed. I can't doubt what God has said. I can't you know hold back. I got to keep leaning in and say, "Okay, God, I know you said it." And I know years back when uh, being here, I know I've shared this story, but I'll share it again just with with anyone who's new. When a little over eight years ago, when my wife and I made the move from Seattle down here to San Diego, we we're stepping out in faith. We left kind of job security to step out and minister and and, and travel a bit and base here at Awaken. And God had confirmed like a million ways that this was it, this was the time, this was the season, Awaken was a place. Pastor Yerlin, we're gonna be our pastors. and We were gonna come down here and and it was exciting. You know, I mean, we had a word from God. We had several words from God and, and people were like, man, are you nervous, man? You're taking your whole family down there. I'm like, in hindsight, I probably should have been more nervous, but I wasn't because I knew God had said something to me and we, we knew it, right? But it's easy at first, just like Peter jumping out of the boat. He had a word from Jesus to say, come. So he's like, alright, sick. He jumps out. When you first jump out, the further away you get from the boat, it gets a little scarier. You know what I mean? When you're right by the boat, you're like, alright, we're good. We're walking on water. This is alright, but I can still reach the boat, <laughs> you know? And so we step out, and we come down here, and we're stepping out in faith, and we're operating in, in trusting God, and fridge is getting empty and and bank accounts are running dry and and we're just gonna come on god what what do you got planned what are you doing you know and and there was many moments where i could have said you know i'm just gonna dig up the seed and and go home because this isn't working or or i'm gonna dig up this dirt and find out man was there really a seed in there because like i think there is but i'm just looking at dirt wet with tears <laughs> and go back Lord, I hope there's still seed in there because if there's not, we got a problem, you know, but I, but in those moments what we did is what we had learned to do which was grab our, grab the note where I had written down all the things where God had said what we're going to do and what he called us to do and where he called us to, to go and, and why he was in it and the, all the confirmations and I just, Katie and I we just start reading them off and okay, listen, God said this and I know he's called us and I know he's positioned us and we trusted God and we kept watering the word and we kept watering it. And God sustained and God has blessed and God has now prospered in, in many ways the goodness of God. But it was it was persevering on the seed while it was still in the ground, right? And not giving up and not digging up the seed before it has a chance to actually produce that for which God has sent it out to do. If you got a word from God, come on, persevere. If he's spoken to you, don't let it go. Come on, stand to your feet. If you feel if you feel like that word is for you, maybe right now you're in that same spot. You feel like you got to you're hoping the seeds in the ground maybe, or you know the seeds in the ground. It's wet with the tears, but you just know like tonight is the night. You need to stir your faith. You need a fresh uh, word from God and encounter with the presence of God. In any way that this message touches you, just make your way out of your seat. Come down here to the front. I just want to pray with anyone who... It's connecting with that right now. Just come down to the front. Lift up your hands. Receive. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just go lift up your hands. He's good. He's faithful. He's for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word that you've spoken to us. I'm not going to necessarily get to everybody tonight with like a prophetic word, but chances are high you're up here because you've already gotten a word. (laughs) You've gotten maybe a few words. If you go to men's and women's prayer, you probably got a pocket full of seeds. Come on, somebody. All those prophetic downloads and impartations. It's time to plant some of those, and it's also time to keep watering those that are already planted. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for your power. I thank you, Lord, that you are clearing things. You're opening the way. The things that I wrote down the other day uh, as I was praying over this word is I felt like God was saying he's in the area of children, that God is healing some uh, some of you from the side effects of birth control. That was a specific thing that I felt God was saying, and God is healing that. God is restoring that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Healing. Healing over everyone. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for your presence and your spirit there in Jesus' name. And uh here here's what I feel for for you, my friend. Here's what what I feel like God was showing me was um, you know, a vehicle kind of um, Muddied, right? Maybe like you're at the Emerge Ranch. It was raining, uh, four by four in a little bit, and and there's mud all over it. But it's because you're going after things that God has kind of sent you into. Uh, But the windshield has just been uh, a, a little bit hazy, a little bit difficult to see, you know, just due to the elements. But I just see God clearing that. And I just see uh, just kind of the refreshing sense right now, the presence of God that is like fresh rain, like you're going through a car wash right now. And just the presence of God is just clearing that window, just clearing it off, just restoring it. Just restoring it. Nothing where you've thought to yourself, now I'm going to, any subconscious settling where you thought, well, I guess this is just me in this area. I guess this is just my situation here. I guess that. I just see God just saying, no, no, don't. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't don't settle for that. I've got things I'm showing you still. I've got things to go after. This area of your life is not going to be off limits to you things that you thought, man, that's off limits. I don't think that's really my zone. I don't think I could really take that share. I don't think I could really, no, no. God God has made a much bigger, you know, there's been kind of some blinders on in the sense that God is now opening up the peripheral of everything that he has for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Come on, put some water on the word right now. Come on, somebody stir your faith right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus right now. Let faith rise. Let faith rise. God, your word is certain. Your word is certain. What you said, you will do. Come on, I declare your goodness over my friends. God, I thank you, Lord, that you what you have promised, but you're not just a promise maker, you're a promise keeper. All of the Lord's good promises, the Bible says to Israel, were fulfilled. Not one of them was left undone. Come on, I need you to hold on to every promise. Don't let a couple of them go, because you're like, well, I mean, was that really God? Was that too big? No, no, come on, every promise. Every promise every promise our yes and amen in Christ in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the signet ring that you put on uh, your son to carry your authority, to come against every lying and mocking spirit that we try to mess with them. Thank you, Lord, that he's overcoming in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone dealing with uh, shortness of breath? Maybe it's asthma. Maybe it's something more severe, but just go and wave at me if that's a condition you have. Shortness of breath. Anybody else? Okay. Now in Jesus' name, come on, somebody around and put your hands on them. Father, in the name of Jesus, just let life come right now. In the name of Jesus, life come, life come in the name of Jesus. Fresh breath of heaven, right now. Come on, take a deep breath in right now in the name of Jesus. Breathe in life, breathe in healing, breathe in hope in the name of Jesus. this uh, gentleman right here to my left. What's your name? His name? What? Ed, the legend. Uh, I just see God solidifying foundations. I see God uh, just shoring things up. There's like a firm footing. That's what I see. I see God establishing your steps, establishing the footprint, that he's giving you and everywhere you step God's giving you come on when you step in faith he's with you it's kind of a weird visual but I see you got big feet I don't know if you have actual big feet but in the spiritual you do and you've got you got big feet they're strong they're for territory taking thank you Lord you know, uh, Joshua said to the Israelites after they had made part of the progress of taking the promised land, he said, how long will you wait until you take possession of the land that I've given you? And I just feel like God's just saying, hey, there's some things that he's promised you and maybe maybe you unintentionally said, okay, God, you know, I'm ready when you, when you bring it to me. And God said, no, no. no. That's why I gave you those feet. <laughs> Step, take the territory. Establish the ground what He's giving you. Amen. 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 Just go ahead and lift up your hands around the room. Father, we love you tonight. I'm so thankful for your word that's alive, that's living, that's active. Lord, let your presence continue to stir us, God, that we would not neglect your word. But that we continue to water and worship, water and prayer in Jesus' name. Come on team, let's just sing that and then Pastor Mark will come.
2: Well actually, no, this is good. Can you stay here with us? Yeah. I, I just feel, you know, it's been happening Sunday, Tuesday morning, like the Holy Spirit is wanting to do more. So this is this is what we're gonna do right now. If you're a leader or you're on the ministry team. I want you to turn to your right or your left and begin to lay hands on somebody and pray for them. The Bible says, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Samuel so beautifully was ministering, the Holy Spirit said, my people need to be filled. So if you're a leader, and if you're a leader and you need prayer, just stay like this and someone's gonna come lay hands on you, amen? So just right now, we're gonna go back into the song. Pastor Samuel will be here, continue to minister for a couple more minutes. But but just if you're a leader or a ministry leader or a leader at Awakened Church, come on, I want you to lay hands on somebody and come on, begin to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, fill them up in Jesus' name. Come on, release the prophetic right now in Jesus' name. Sin a little longer, two more minutes. Come on, release the prophetic right now. The word of God needs being released in the name of Jesus.
1: Come on, who's going to put an amen on God's word? Come on, who's going to put an amen on God's word? Just going to lift up your hands. Um, I just see God breaking off anger. I see God dissolving the anger. I see God just healing Usually anger comes from some pain, some abuse, some overstep, something, some fear, some neglect. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that anger is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, life, 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 life. And maybe... That, that area of just emotions, and whether it be anger, maybe just some type of lash out, might be driven by anger, might be driven by fear, but you're just like, man, I need, I need that freedom. Just go ahead and reach out. Just go ahead and reach out, Father, in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in this house. There's freedom in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for life and life to the full know God's showing me that there's somebody when um, you know some point in your life that you were the punching bag and that's the word um, that God is showing me and so there's anger and there's elements of that that go yeah rightfully so of course it's easy it's tough not to be angry when you've been that in the past but God is he took it all on the cross for to allow for grace, not because somebody deserves forgiveness, but because He's going to work His goodness in your life. So, how free do you want to be? That's the question. You ask God to help you begin to forgive and to begin to release. And you thought to yourself, the 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 pain of the past has been is so great that I don't think I, I'm repairable. But I'm telling you what, God is good. And he's a restorer of the broken places and the bruised places and the scarred places. He knows how to heal. You know, Humpty Dumpty and all the horses, all the kings, man, all the horses, and whatever that nursery rhyme is, they couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But you know what? As a homeschool kid, we're always told, but God can. <laughs> no matter what crack has happened in your life God can put it back together God can restore it. He's good let's feel peace the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you know it's I just see um, I just see um Kind of this this ducking down, like shrinking into your shoulders a bit. There's some people who are walking in that insecurity because of uh, doubt and unbelief. And I want you to just break that off. Because the Bible says he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind. If you feel like fear has been messing with you, then I want you to come down here to the front. Let me pray with you real quick. If fear has has caused you to shrink back, come to the front. To the front, bold, strong, lift up your hands. First step to the healing in the name of Jesus. Fear go, courage come in Jesus' name. Fear leave and courage come in the name of Jesus. Fear leave and courage come in Jesus' name. Fear leave right now. Go in Jesus' name. Life and life to the full. Thank you for strength, for peace, for healing in the name of Jesus. Fear leave in the name of Jesus. Life come. Fear leave in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Life, life. Come on, God. You're good. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. You know, uh, all throughout the Bible, the Bible talk a lot about uh, first having priority or first having. Um, you know, sometimes God would just go, "Nah, no, not the first, the second. Or he would just choose where his favor rests. And I just see God saying, I've chosen you as first. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. You're not the last choice, you're the first choice. You're you're a, a priority in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, life, 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 life. You know, I see like a cave Things have been etched in and Usually if there's you know etching in a cave, almost like it's a jail cell, where it feels like it's hidden, it's secret, it's pain, it represents all kinds of things. And I just see God just, just beautifully bringing light and bringing life. I see God restoring and going, you know what, your best work wasn't in that season. Your best whatever isn't hidden. I've actually got good things. I've got light and life for you. In the name of Jesus name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Also see God show me a battery kind of meter, you know, you kind of maybe attach a jump, jumper cables or like a, I'm not a car guy, some type of device that charges batteries. And, um, you know, you can kind of see where the power is on a base, you know, and I just see there's maybe been some of that fatigue of feeling like things are drained, But you're you're connected to the right source, trust God. His word is power, his word is life. You're not gonna gonna run out, you're not gonna be like a dead battery that had a good run and now you're discarded and now you're on the side. You're not gonna be like that. You're You're not gonna carry that. You're gonna be full charge, full of life, full of strength in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, fear go. Fear go. Courage come. Faith. Strength in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. of like when someone's intubated, I, I believe it's called, where someone's kind of having to be put out, but then there's stuff that goes down their throat to kind of help with breathing in and, and and that kind of coma state, induced state, and, and there's some medical procedure going on. And a lot of those things are like somebody can't survive on their own, can't breathe on their own, can't whatever on their own, and they need that, that support, and I just see God saying, no, no, that's not... You're not going to have to kind of survive on all these other things, right? God has, He's designed you to breathe. He's designed you with life. He's designed you with peace. I didn't realize you had medical clothing on. Okay. Father, I thank you for uh, whatever the, the calling and mantle is on this woman. I thank you, Lord, that. You have given her life and life to the full. That she doesn't have to be uh, living off of life support of other things, but it's Your Spirit that gives life and life to the full. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Wow! What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com